Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am FACT's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's very interesting conversation, I just want to pause for just a moment to say thank you to DBV Technologies for being a very kind sponsor of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. This is part one of a two-part series about college how-to conversations. You'll learn how to converse with roommates, RAs, the dining hall staff, and professors about your food allergies. FACTS Director of Behavioral Health, Emory Brown, who is a nationally certified school psychologist and holds a Master's of Arts in School Psychology, will share tried and true tips on getting comfortable holding new conversations about your food allergies. Welcome, Emery. We're absolutely delighted and excited to have you back on the podcast. And college is such a hot topic right now. So this, it is a two-part series and incredibly timely. So thank you so much for being with us. I'm glad to be here. I can't believe it's that time again that people are getting ready for college, whether for the first time or for the last time. Exactly. It's now. It's now. All right, so let's just jump right in. So we know college is really fun and exciting, and sometimes it brings up new conversations, especially around food allergies, and that can feel really uncomfortable, and especially if you're a first-year student, and especially if you even haven't really thought about this ahead of time. You know, right now, everyone's just so busy packing and trying to get accommodations and get everything set. So with all this in mind, let's start off with how to talk to roommates about food allergies. Where does a new student start? I think that's a great question. And the first resource that I'd like to point our listeners to would be on the FAC website. We actually have a college toolkit um, that lays out a top seven must-do steps for college students. And obviously, one of those must-do steps is to talk to your roommate about food allergies and to get yourself prepared. We can get lost, or students can get lost in the idea of packing, finding that perfect bedding or tapestry to hang on the wall. But the pre management for the college experience for food allergies is just as critical, even more critical. But I remember when I was a college student and picking out my wall decor did seem more important to me at the time. Um, But when it comes to this in general, you're going to meet so many different young adults in college. They're going to be potentially lifelong friends. So you're going to meet a lot of young adults that are like-minded, maybe not like-minded, hopefully that become lifelong friends. I have shared priorly, but my college roommate had food allergies just like I do, and we actually met at a teen conference. So I always like to plug, if you are not a student getting ready to go off to college, but you're a parent 
and you have a teen, sign them up for a teen conference because that might be where they meet their future college roommate. But whether you are lucky like I was to have a friend and a college roommate that had allergies just like me, the best place for a college student to start is with alerting the different people that are around them, uh, specifically their roommate. That's going to be one of the first conversations you want to have. Food allergies aren't a burden. So a new college student, or even if you're a returning college student and maybe you have a new set of roommates, you're going to want to get comfortable, get a plan together of how to tell new friends, roommates, and other students about your food allergies, where your EpiPen is located, or another epinephrine auto-injector. Food allergies aren't a burden, I said it, but also you are not a burden. The friends you make, if they're good friends, are going to want to know about your food allergies. They're going to want to know about where your different medication is stored. And I would say start that conversation right away at first contact, whether that's on a social media, um, a roommate matching system. Different colleges have different ways that you might meet your roommate. Again, for instance, my roommate at the time, she posted on social media. We had been friends from a teen conference, and we were so surprised to find out we were going to the same college that we paired up on Facebook to room together. And that could happen for your child too. It's possible that on Instagram or whatever social media linking website that your child or if you are watching this yourself as an incoming college student, whatever website that might be, even posting that you have food allergies and are looking for someone that understands food allergies could attract another college student that has food allergies. And they might have the same, they might have different My roommate and I, we did not have the same food allergies, but we had agreed that neither one of our food allergens would ever be present in the room. What I can say is it's really important on top of that to not just stop that conversation with your roommate, but also have that conversation with any friend that might be in and out of your room. My roommate and I were really social and not that I recommend this, but we did have an open door policy and we would leave our room unlocked. And we got so much enjoyment from friends coming in to study in our room because we took a lot of pride in decorating it. And we wanted it to be the hub of where people would hang out. And our friends did know that we had food allergies, but it's college, it's relaxed, it's laid back. And one day, my roommate is allergic to peanuts and tree nuts. And someone was in the room eating pistachios on her bed. Uh, we didn't know. This was us finding out later and able to trace it back to that. But when she went to bed that night, she woke up with hives everywhere. She didn't have an anaphylactic reaction, but she had a reaction and it was scary. And she had no idea how it could be because we didn't store our allergens in the room. But earlier that day, someone had been in and the pistachio dust must have gotten on her bedding. So I say that to say is your roommate and you are not going to be the only ones in that space. So extend that conversation with the friends you make as you make them, or right off the bat, make a pact that your room is going to be a no-food zone or only XYZ snacks are safe. Hang a sign on the outside of your door that says what your allergies are or no peanuts are allowed in this room. Just like in high school or middle school or even elementary school, those signs get hung. I work in a school now as a school psychologist and On my office door, I have little pictures of my allergens so people know not to bring those foods into my office. So these are things that people do across the continuum from their first day of kindergarten into their adult life. So it's not weird. It's not odd. It's something that's going to keep you safe. 
because you never know when something like that little pistachio is going to become a problem. Additionally, on top of that, studies show that college-age students are more likely to be risk takers. This means not carrying around their epinephrine auto-injector, maybe um, not telling people about their food allergies, not carefully reading labels or being a little bit too loose within the dining hall. In 2009, the University of Michigan actually did a study with over 14,000 undergraduate students looking at students with food allergies. And what they found was that only 48% of those uh, students that indicated that they had allergies carried something to treat that allergy. Again, whatever their medicine might be. So that's a little bit less than half. And only 6.6% responded that they always carry their device. And that's scary. Some of the limitations that they noted were going out to a bar, wearing tight clothing, being in social situations, all the things that when you think of a quintessential college experience, you might be thinking about. And that's really problematic. So if you're a college student, know that risk-taking won't be worth it. But if you're a parent listener today, talk to your young adult child whether they're going, again, whether they're going to be a freshman this year or a senior this year or a grad student about these different risks, about these statistics, see if they're one of the 6.6% that are bringing their epinephrine auto injector or see if they're not. And if they're not, you don't have to combat it with a harshness, but a good reality check and find out what is the barrier for your child. Something that I think has been really cool lately has been the trendiness of the crossbody bag or the fanny pack, whatever you want to call it, that's trendy now. And that is something that food allergy families have known for a long time is easy to carry an EpiPen in or an AviQ or again, whatever epinephrine auto injector you may have. So that's something that you could even go out of the way to buy your college age student, uh, especially I'll say if that's their kind of fashion, they'll think it's an awesome gift, but it'll be the added bonus that you know that's something that the epinephrine auto-injector fits in. When my mom bought me purses, she always would (laughs) measure them up against the epinephrine auto-injector to make sure it fit or I wasn't getting it and we weren't buying it. But again, to hear these statistics, it's jarring. And so if there's anything that you think on your end you can do to alleviate this so that your child is part of the 6.6% that always carry their device, I would recommend doing that. I think that's an excellent point about this 0.6% that we want to be a part of. But also, it's a really good point of talking about like tight clothing and maybe going out to, to clubs or to parties and things like that. And so just making a comment to my fellow parents, maybe too, as we talk to our students as they're leaving for college, we bring that up and say, hey, I know you're going to want to go out. Maybe we should talk about that. Maybe we should look at some of these interesting carriers or, again, being stylish with something, you know, trendy. But I've also seen things that women have worn on their thighs or, you know, guys on their arms under a sweater or jacket or something like that. So excellent point. Thank you. And so now let's talk about resident advisors or resident directors, also known as RAs and RDs. What tips do you have for making this conversation natural? And then also, if you can touch a little bit on how state law or school policy might impact this conversation, because I know I've seen a lot of conversations online where families are expecting the RAs to be people who are authorized to administer epinephrine, and that's not always the case. This is a great question, and it takes me back because I was an RA when I was in college myself, and 
I was notified by different residents uh, that they had food allergies. And when I was a student my freshman year, I also let my RA know that I had food allergies. This is important for several reasons. Reason number one, part of RA's jobs are usually to plan community events within the building that you're living in. A lot of these events have food. So if your RA is willing to go the extra mile, number one, it would be within their power if they know your food allergies to maybe make sure that there are things that you can have at these events as well. Or on the flip side, I will make mention that we had a fellow RA who was a coworker that had a peanut allergy and we were doing a service event when I was in college and the students were asked to volunteer their time and in the common room make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So a sign was hung up that peanuts were now in use in this room right now so that students with a peanut allergy would know that they could avoid that. Now, was that the training of the RD? No, I think it was because I have food allergies. So I was bringing that life experience along. You could luck out again that maybe that is something that you'll run into that your RA has food allergies themselves or the RD, the resident director. But if it's not the case, you're an adult now. And this is exactly where your self-advocacy comes in and your ability to educate others. So if you say to your RA, I'm hoping that there can be accommodations at a community event or it'll be really important for me to know if peanuts are going to be used in the common room. These are things that you can speak up and share. Again, on our FACT website, we have how-to guides to help you through some of these different conversations, template emails on how to inform your RA. Sometimes simply the best is just to introduce yourself and say that you have food allergies. Again, what you might be looking for as far as an accommodation might be different person to person. And Caroline, just like you said, I haven't come across a university, maybe you have, where an RA would be expected to be trained in an EpiPen. And I don't know if that would be something that would happen, but they are trained in crisis and emergency response. Again, just by virtue of being an RA myself, one night when I was on duty, a resident did order Chinese food and they had an allergic reaction. They had a peanut allergy. There must have been some sort of peanut sauce. You know, we recommend being very familiar with a restaurant, especially if you're moving to a new college town to check out before you would ever order takeout. So obviously this was a risk-taking move for my resident, but she got a friend to knock on my door and then I called 911. Obviously people in different panic modes forget what to do. If in hindsight, I would have hoped that her friend would have called 911, right? Because every moment counts the extra, you know, couple seconds even to run to my door to get me, you know, could have been a make or break moment. But again, an RA obviously have food allergies as well, but RAs in general are trained in emergency response. They would know what to do. But again, it would be helpful for you to tell them what you would need them to do in an emergency situation. You never know if your friends would be in a spot to make a decision, especially with college life, if any sort of alcohol was involved. You don't know who would be around you that could be available. Again, obviously, we are not in the business of risk-taking, nor would we ever recommend that. But these realities of college life are important to hit on. And that's why you need to inform resident advisors and resident directors. So there's a bunch of different things that you can do when it comes to contacting the residence hall and making that experience right for you. It's just really important that you do it. 
And for a lot of our listeners that are young adults, this might be the first time they're taking on that responsibility themselves and not having their parent do it. And I would really challenge our young adult listeners to not, in the end, ask your parent to do it. Use this as a wonderful time to try your self-efficacy skills yourself. So now moving on to the dining hall or the food service on campus. So from my personal experience, my kids actually focused on developing relationships with the people who are serving them food. So if you can also weigh in now on how to talk to dining services for students. Again, for my kids, they wanted to develop personal relationships. So they got to know everybody by name. They found out if they had kids, what they like. I mean, by the time my son graduated, the dining service team actually came out for graduation. They were like so sad to see him go. Wow, that's amazing, Caroline. And I think that's the way to do it. That's a story worth telling. And I think the emphasis on relationships certainly is key because when you're known, you have an extra layer of protection where if something were to go amiss, somebody might be able to intervene and say, hey, wait, I know him. I know her. That has their allergens in it. They can't have that. Obviously, you never want to get to that point. Colleges are doing um, more and more each year to accommodate people with food allergies, whether they have a separate allergen pantry, whether you're at a university that will allow you to request your meals for that week and they're made in a separate section. The university that I went to, every food station had allergen labels so you knew what was exactly in your food. So hopefully you've already made a plan before you get to the dining center. I've shared stories before that the first college that I committed to, I ended up switching because I only toured the dining facility after I had committed there, only to find out that they said they couldn't accommodate my food allergies. So I'm hoping that all of our listeners have already taken a tour of the dining hall before they're moving in for the first time. But absolutely, I would schedule an appointment with the health office or the nutritionist or the dining department that week, your first week there. They'll take you on another tour. Even if you've already done a tour with your parents when you were touring the college, do another tour. Continue to develop those close relationships and find what works and what's safe for you. I had a full dining plan and occasionally I would get something special, but I did really stick to the same couple of things. That was not bothersome for me. That's just something that makes me feel safe. I'm not allergic to eggs. I would go to the omelet station every day. But to your point, Caroline, personal relationships can be really important because depending on who was there, they were either totally okay to clean the pan and make sure that the pan with olive oil was used for me. Um, And if it wasn't somebody that was that familiar with me, because at my dining hall, they would rotate staff, it seemed like it was an extra and cumbersome task that they had to do. But going the extra mile to create a relationship can really bring an ease to the dining situation. But I also recognize that not everyone has an outgoing bubbly personality. And that doesn't mean that they don't want to create relationships or thank the dining staff, but some students going up to college might be more shy and reserved. And what I would do in that case is regularly check in with the oversight of the dining staff, especially if you are able to, especially if you're at a university where you're able to request meals and you're getting them delivered that way, you could keep up a relationship via email. Again, if you're a more shy and reserved person, 
maybe you want to look at a dining hall in a specific university that all the food is directly labeled with the allergens. So you can take out having to speak to anybody, but know that you're really, really safe. No matter what, though, it's always going to be important to tour and make sure you stop in that health office so that someone knows you. Wonderful. Now, pivoting over to professors and coaches, how do you start those conversations, especially professors? Because you could have, you know, a couple hundred students in a class, or maybe 20 students a class. So how do you have that professor conversation? And really, are they even needed? That's a great question. And I would say, they're sometimes needed, and they're sometimes not needed. And then again, it might depend on what food allergies you have, the severity of food allergies, if you have airborne food allergies, different professors will have different policies on food. Sometimes classes are late at night. Sometimes they're in the middle of the day and students will eat in class. Now, I have an airborne fish allergy, so it's really important to me that when I was in a class that nobody was bringing fish. Now, again, fish is not per se the most typical travel food like a bagel and cream cheese might be or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, something that could be eaten on the go in class, but you never know. Additionally, it's not just about other students eating in class. It could be in a more unlikely place like food coming up in proteins in a lab or a dissection. Or even another way, some professors like to have fun. And we all know as people with food allergies and people that people without food allergies, food's such a big part of our culture and a way to connect. So some professors will bring food or cookies, things that they make to try to connect with students. I've had professors at Halloween, when you participate, toss chocolates around. I had a professor at the end of the year, she specialized in popcorn popcorn toppings, which albeit is a little odd. But so at the end of the semester, she made trays and trays of popcorn with different flavorings that she had made at home. And those are different things that you can't expect would be coming up. And when someone goes the extra mile to make things, I'm sure each one of us that have food allergies can think of a moment where we felt uncomfortable to tell someone, I have a food allergy, I can't have this for whatever reason. We shouldn't have to feel guilty. Another person might not feel guilty at all, but I would wager that many of us have felt uncomfortable in one situation or another to say it. But the reason we have to have conversations with professors is because you just never know when these moments are going to come up. And you might not be allergic to it. You might catch that Halloween candy because you are not allergic to any of those things and you knew you weren't allergic to any of those things and it has a wrapper and you read it and you're very excited. But for another person, that might not be the case. Again, it's not the case for me. Most Halloween candy I'm allergic to. So having those conversations ahead of time will avoid any uncomfortable situations that can come up later. Trust me, it would be more uncomfortable in the moment to tell the professor or coach that you were allergic to something than in advance before it ever comes up. Because they, the professor might just look at you and say, okay, and move on because they have no intention of ever incorporating food and don't see how it could be relevant. Or a professor might say, oh, wow, that's so good to know. I do my popcorn party at the end of every semester, like my one professor, right? So get ahead of it. In the end, those conversations are another one that's necessary. And again, you never know what reaction you're going to get. You're never, I would doubt to say you would ever get a negative reaction, but you might be met with a reaction that's indifferent because to them, food is not relevant in the class. And I think that that would be the quote unquote worst case scenario. 
and that would be a-okay. Well, I can't believe it, Emery, but we're at the end of our time together. So is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we say goodbye? Just that I wish the best of luck to any incoming college student, whether freshman or senior. And I would encourage them that you're an adult now, you're an advocate now, and taking a risk won't ever be worth it. Perfect words to end by. Thank you again, Emery, for your time. And listeners, this is part one of a two-part series on how-to conversations about life on campus. So meet us here again next week for part two. Before we say goodbye today, I just want to thank DBV Technologies one more time for being a very kind sponsor of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV Technologies or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. Thank you for listening to FACT's Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another. Music